Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I will begin today by calling in the spirits. I would like to call in your ancestors and mine. Call in all of those ancestors who bring to us that which is good and true and beautiful in our lives. They bring us the legacy, the wisdom, and the experience gained from those who have gone before us. May they come and join us here today that we might learn from them and be inspired to go forward, to create new things, to innovate, and to change that which did not work well, to come up with new solutions to the old problems and to draw from that which did work, rich and complex solutions to the problems that face us today. We ask those ancestors to be with us here today and help us to dream well. We call out to the energy of the earth below and give thanks for life. We give thanks for all that is sacred and beautiful in our life. We give thanks for all that has been in our life that has brought us to this moment. We give thanks for all that is in this moment, and we give thanks for all that will be. We give thanks to the earth for a place that we can call home, a place that is connected and interconnected to all things. We give thanks for belonging. May we find our right relationship on this world with all living things and live in a way that leaves a small footprint, but a grand expression of our gifts here on earth. So we call out to the earth and give thanks to her for her wisdom of manifestation. May we all learn to be here in form in a good way. Standing here with the ancestors gathered round and our feet firmly planted on the earth, we reach up from our bellies, our hearts, our minds, all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And we reach out to that power by whatever name you call that power, we call it down. We call it down into our proceedings, this energy of the good father, the sky energy, true yang energy. We call it in to bring us inspiration, illumination, and blessing to bring us the benevolence of the universe and generosity, to help us know how to be here well with each other. And we call out to this energy to protect us, that we might hear the truth, no matter the source, that we might speak what needs to be spoken, and that we all might go forward in a way in these proceedings that are good for all living things. So with the earth and the sky connected within us, the ancestors gathered round, we call out to that centermost energy of the heart that we might learn to merge the wisdom and passions and guidance of our belly that holds our soul's purpose with the different kind of wisdom and the clarity and the inspiration of the mind that we might bring these energies together creatively in the heart and let the wisdom of the heart help us to understand how to bring our soul's purpose out into the world in a way that is good, not only for us, but for others. So with the heart in the center, the earth and sky above and below, and the ancestors gathered around, I give thanks to all of you for joining us here today. I give thanks to all of you who donate to make this show real. Without your money, without your gifts, without your offerings, we would not be able to put this show on the air. So I give thanks to all of the listeners who have donated to the show. If this show has been meaningful to you in any way or any of the other episodes you've listened to, 
listen to, please know that it's easy to donate. Any amount is accepted. And it's easy to exchange this energy, to express that which was helpful for you. So the gratitude and reciprocity is one of the many small things that we can do to feed the sacredness of our lives and acknowledge and connect through the channels of interconnectedness that are real. So if you feel moved at any time by the show you are listening to, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com. Um, which is the show site on the internet. Click the support button and donate whatever amount you choose. And we have great gratitude for your generosity and every dollar goes directly to keeping the show on the air. So today's show is a discussion about small acts of power. And I offer this show up to my fourth-year students. This show is an offering to them. They are in the culmination of four years of training and their task is to use the skills they have learned over these four years and their relationship uh, with each other, their relationship with their community, and their relationship with their shaman to call on all of these things to successfully dismantle their false selves. So the false self is basically a construct. It's, It's the self that you create that allows you to survive in life. It it works with your ego, your personality, your identity, and all of your wounds, all of your fears, all of your shadow cells, all of the energies that are the ways that you have learned to keep yourself safe and survive. The problem is by the time you're adult, the false self cares only about its own survival and not yours. And as we have learned through this show, through connecting with the spirit world and learning how to be better humans, that you need to be true to yourself to survive. You need to connect with your soul to survive and you need to find out why you're here to survive. You need your own authenticity to actually survive. And so the false self, frankly, as much as it has helped us, stands squarely in our way. So this show is dedicated to those seven brave souls who are currently involved in small acts of power over the next several months to successfully dismantle their false selves and allow their authentic selves to run free in their lives. So, this show is dedicated to their success. On, Jan- on, um, sorry, on August 31st, Arianna Huffington wrote, uh, This is a time of great ten- transition for the country. The way we have long approached our lives is no longer viable. And what will replace it is still not clear. And with virtually every institution that once provided stability to American life, now in question... Millions are being thrust into a new and much harsher reality. She reminds us of Barack Obama's speech in 2006 when the then Senator Obama talked about the role that values and culture play in some of our most urgent social problems and the need for an injection of morality into our political debate. He continued in that speech saying each day, It seems thousands of Americans are going about their daily rounds, dropping off kids at school, driving to the office, flying to a business meeting, shopping at the mall, trying to stay on their diets, and they're coming to the realization that something is missing. They are deciding that their work, their possessions, their diversions, and their sheer busyness is not enough. They want a sense of purpose a narrative arc to their lives. So here we are. 
Not only did science return 20 years ago to where it left the shaman centuries ago, not only did religion return in the last few years to where it left the shamans, calling them superstitious centuries ago, but finally politics has now returned to the truth humanity understood completely so long ago. All of our ancestors were there. We all understood then that what is needed for the human soul is a life of purpose. Arianna Huffington continues quoting Michael Sandal saying, to achieve a just society, we have to reason together about the meaning of a good life. Arianna concludes that it's becoming clearer by the day that whatever good life the country is going to have in the future, it's not going to be delivered by consumption. And in the foreseeable future, it's unlikely to be delivered by Washington. The new good life will have to be reasoned together by all of us and forged together in our own communities and in our own families. As President Obama said in 2006, solving these problems will require changes in government policy, but it will also require changes in hearts and a change in minds. For goodness sakes, this is exactly what I wrote the Encyclopedia of Shamanism for, so that we could read clearly about the things our ancestors already knew, about what is needed for a good life, so that we can reclaim the skills necessary to make the quality of decisions necessary to create that good life for all living things. Don't these people read? Will someone please do us all a favor? And forward the link to this show to all of these people. I've been talking about this every week since January of 2009. Now, I have no illusions these people bothered to download my podcast, but I sure wish they would. Can we all please wake up and stop acting like it's news that we can't buy our way to happiness? For goodness sakes, people. So what does this have to do with small acts of power? Well... If what is happening in our country is not the dismantling of the false self of this nation, I do not know what is. Now is the moment for you to choose, love or fear. Do you want to rebuild a system based on fear and unsustainable ideas about the world we live in? Or do you want to co-create a new system based on our understanding of what does work and what clearly does not work. You choose. More importantly, you are choosing right now. Yes, that is really my point. You are choosing right now in your small acts of power. So what are you creating? More importantly, Are you even remembering to co-create it? How do you really think we got into this mess in the first place? We aren't co-creating as a cultural norm. Our culture says that speaking with our ancestors, speaking with our helping spirits is a sign of mental illness. I think our cultural norm is a mental illness. So you choose now. What are you choosing right now to co-create for our future? 
Our small acts of power are everywhere all day long. The most effective begin by co-creating with spirit. So the first set of small acts of power are those that collectively cultivate your working relationship with spirit. There is no need for a middleman. So these, these small acts of power are things like learning yourself to do a shamanic journey, having your little uh, drumming uh, recording on your iPod so that you can journey conveniently when you need to, working with your spirit help, drawing the answers from your spirit help into your decision-making process. I am not saying they make the decisions for you. I'm saying that you go to spirit first to get that perspective. And then you think and you feel and you live and you speak with others. And all of these things come together to help you understand what to do. Now, some people do have a direct relationship with spirit through prayer. And bless those people's hearts. I can't sit still long enough, but that's just me. And I'm flawed in that way. So another way, another small act of power that may allow you to connect with spirit is prayer. Now, understand, I'm talking about a two-way relationship with spirit. So if prayer is a one-way thing for you, then that's not good enough. It's still a small act of power, but it's not allowing communication. It's not allowing you a direct working relationship with spirit. So these small acts of power that can get you to this place of having or cultivating your working relationship with spirit would be um, journeying and other practices that allow you reliably to enter an altered state, the nature of which allows your helping spirits to take shape. So, in other words, if you have a wonderful meditation practice that allows you to disperse your energy and merge with the great oneness of the universe, that is a great practice. And bless your heart for mastering it, because that is not easy. But it's not allowing you a working relationship with spirit. And I've defined this in many, many shows, but the basics is that this is a two-way conversation that allows you to ask questions and receive answers that you can interpret and then act on. And so most of these disciplines are not a big deal. They are simple, small acts of power to choose to enter that altered state, connect with spirit, Make your requests, speak your intention, whatever it is that you're doing there, and then return to your ordinary reality, interpret the answer, and put it into action in your life. So this, the, the problem here, I see, as much as I love a good movie, as, as much as the rest of you do, is that Hollywood, TV, these things have given us the idea that every altered state connection with spirit is um, a long and complicated dance of the of, vood- of the Vudan tradition, calling in the loa or some big dramatic ceremony or ritual. And what I'm talking about is the small, simple acts of power that allow you to reliably enter the altered state, communicate with spirit, and come back again. So... As I said, for some people, that's prayer, not most. For me, it's journeying. 
and true for my students. For some, there are uh, particular altered states that they can get into through meditation to communicate with spirit. However, in my experience, these journeys primarily occur in the middle world. And for my money, when we're talking about challenges in the middle world, getting out of this realm that we live in where the problems are, looking at it from above or below gives us a different perspective and can help us not be so biased by the energies and the systems and the problem itself as it's already in place. So this is the first set of small acts of power. And these are the ones that allow you a direct relationship with spirit. Now, an example of this is I have watched a student over, well, actually longer than four years because um, this student's also a client. But I've watched this student operate for years. It's a very sincere practitioner who has a, a broad skill set. And in the last week that we spent together, what I watched was this student step up. Nothing big, nothing dramatic. And this person has some pretty big dramatic skills. But nothing big, nothing dramatic, just the small everyday pieces of tending the sacred things in the day, stepping up to the altar with the group, um, and, and communicating with his ancestors at the ancestral altar. And these were just daily acts, small and simple, journeying when he needed to journey, nothing dramatic, and cumulatively in the power of the workshop, over the first four days, sitting there at the ancestral altar, he had a breakthrough. In his heart, he actually felt the love of the ancestors, of his ancestors. Literally, as if they were a loved one there hugging and kissing him. That he felt that energy open up, not through anything big or dramatic that we were doing but through the simple daily acts that we are engaged in through the workshop. And that opening to the ancestors, the reality of that feeling within his heart, opened him up for the part of the week where we were doing big, dramatic, five-part, all-night-long rituals to participate in that process as I have never seen this man function in the work before. And again, it was not anything big. It was doing the little things that brought him to a place of sincerity with his ancestors that then set him off like a rocket in the big things that we were doing. So it's really important to understand that those everyday disciplines that cultivate your relationship with your helping spirits, um, the offerings you make to them, the communications with them, the prayers, the blessings, the journeys, all of these things are very small acts of power. But collectively, they can take you to a place that allows everything else to uh, explode in a good way. So the next set of small acts of power that we have discussed in many episodes of this show are those actions that create personal protection. And so on one hand, we have those that allow us a relationship with spirit in the spirit realm. 
And on the other hand, we have these actions, these small acts of power that cultivate our energetic awareness and our protection here in the physical world, in ordinary reality. And so one of the things that was shared with us by Betsy Bergstrom on in one of her shows, I've actually forgotten which one now, but you can certainly listen to them in the archives, is the um, process of identifying your body protector helping spirit. This is a simple shamanic process. It's usually taught to children. And that basically you journey down to the lower world, you meet your body protector, you cultivate a relationship with your body protector, and eventually you ask it to drop its form and to merge with you, and then you return to ordinary reality um, in a state of merge mergedness with your energy and your body protector's energy. And then you go through your day in that state of merged protection. Another thing we have talked about is that your helping spirits cannot reinforce your boundaries if you don't have them. So another small act of power is each day to take a moment, three or four minutes, and visualize your energy going down to the center of the earth in grounding. Visualize your energy coming up through that grounding cord, through your body, all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And then visualizing your own energy around you um, in the shape that ends up being kind of like an egg. It's just the shape of it. But you're really visualizing that you have boundaries. And then even if you've got really crappy boundaries, you can call your helping spirits in to reinforce those boundaries, very much like the body protector. Now, if you don't visualize your boundaries, you probably don't have any. If you don't cultivate a relationship with your helping spirits, it's really hard to call them in to um, reinforce your boundaries. So all of these things, these journeys to cultivate your body protector, visualizing each day your grounding, your boundaries, your protection, asking for help from your helping spirits, each one of these things is just a small daily act. Once you get the hang of it, it takes two or three minutes. But these small daily acts can completely change your relationship in the world with protection. That changes then your relationship with everything else around you. Another small act of power around protection we have discussed is song. That singing fills the space. Singing the song of the place can bring you protection in the place that you're in. Singing the song of the moment can bring you protection in the moment. That the songs also fill where your boundaries are not strong or coherent or what they need to be. So each one of these things is a small act of power that cumulate, cumulatively helps you to create your personal protection. Now, what happens when you do all of those things, all of those small acts of power to create good, flexible, movable boundaries for yourself? And after all of that, things still do get in. They still touch you. They annoy you. They become a problem or a challenge for you. So then the next set of small acts of power that we need to be able to engage in is skills, small daily skills for noticing what has gotten in 
and turning over that stone. The idea in Taoism is it's the thing you tripped over. What is that thing? What is that energy? What was that conversation or discussion or event? What is it in that that you tripped over? So the first small act of power there in any of the skill sets used to turn over your stones is first to notice. Notice what you trip over in life. Acknowledge it. Welcome it. The next is to find out, um, as I talked about it with students, if you pick up the stone and turn it over, it's as if there's a word carved on the bottom. Of course, that would make it easier if there really was a word carved on the bottom. But in other words, the stone you tripped over is not the thing. It brings an energy to your attention. And so the next small act of power is the skills that allow you to translate from the event in your life that caught your attention, for better or for worse, and the true energy in the heart of it. And what we use in my training is um, going into the heart and asking what it felt like. What did you feel was being done to you? And then let the stone go. Drop the stone and then ask, how are you doing that thing to yourself? And it is a way to bring it back inside into the internal world where the real issues reside. The next small acts of power are the willingness then to find the dynamic within the self that expresses the energy you just noticed from the stone that you just tripped over. And following, learning to track that energy inside of yourself. Each of these things is a small act of power. These are all energies you can clear. This is all about self-healing. These are not big, dramatic healing events. This is just the day-to-day work of maintaining your authentic self and your spiritual adulthood. So you learn to track those energies inside of yourself. And then the last part of this kind of skill set, these small acts of power, is learning ways once you've... Um, identified the source of that energy within you, track that within your body, is to release it. And there are many, many releasing techniques out there now, and they're all valid. What is important, though, for you, as an everyday gotta-be-in-the-world adult, is you need to be able to release energy that doesn't require someone else doing it to you. There there are many, many modalities that practitioners use, but they're not going to be there in the moment when you need it. And so I encourage you to use those modalities for the stubborn, persistent things and learn a small act of power within yourself to be able to clear and release these energies. So these are the small acts of power, power that we engage in every day to receive the lessons our life is giving us and to find the gift inside those lessons. So these skills um, used to, to turn over the stones and to clear that energy that we find there are invaluable. I have seen strong journeyers driven completely off track by their false selves and the false selves need to avoid the gifts life is giving and the lessons those um, gifts imply. It's it's uh, it's a sad but amazing thing to watch. People that have a strong relationship with spirit distorting the answers because in our relationship with spirit, no one of us receives ultimate truth. 
There is no ultimate or absolute truth in our answers. These are all interpreted truths. And the false self is just as happy as your conscious self to get in there and interpret your own journeys. And I have watched this drive people with a strong relationship with spirit completely off track because of the false self's need to avoid the lessons life is offering. So where I'm getting around to is that for my money, if you're only going to develop two things in life, then I would suggest you learn to journey to engage spirit and you learn a clearing process for turning over the stones and engaging life as a teacher. And with these two skill sets, you will be able to do almost everything in terms of maintaining your own well-being and um, your own self-healing. And these are all built on small daily acts of power. The catch here, not that it's a big one, but the catch is that you do have to use them regularly. These are small acts of power, not big, grand, dramatic fixes like um, movies. Uh, They must be done sometimes daily because they are about the relationship that you are cultivating with your life. Now, to be honest, I said if you only were going to learn two things, it would be journeying to develop a working relationship with spirit and another process to reliably turn over your stones. Now, granted, I, I do believe that. I would, I would put my money on that. And to be completely honest, I would add a third set of small acts of power to the essential two above that you really do need to engage the wisdom of your body and keep your body well. That's just, there's kind of no way around that. Um, I think the body is very important. I believe that the body that you chose is a critical and essential choice. It is the vehicle for you bringing your soul's purpose into the world. And the thing that we need to understand outside of all esoteric ideas, spiritual prayers and blessings and all the beautiful stuff is that the body holds the trump card. It can take you down. If you ignore it, don't take care of it, it'll end things, regardless of how great your relationship is with spirit and how good you are at your meditative practices. So you just have to remember the body holds the trump card and you have to deal with it. So again, for my money, this is for me, I would add to the two essential small acts of power, I would add Qigong or Tai Chi to the list. For me, I would add a daily practice that allows maximum cultivation of internal energy and chi. So that's where I am in my life. And granted, I spent my whole first 30 years of life dancing. So that works for me. But let's look at the whole list of small acts of power that allow you to engage the wisdom of the body and keep your body well. So what if you do nothing, but you're like many Americans, your life is entirely infused into the internet, to TV, to movies, to media, to music. You spend almost every waking hour plugged in. And I'm not saying this is good or bad, but let's just say you're one of those people and that your whole life 
is experienced through the computer, through a kind of virtual reality, a kind of virtual community, and it's spiced up by juicy downloads like Why Shamanism Now? So where do you begin with the fact that you have a body if mostly you've gotten through life ignoring it? I would say if you're going to begin, you're going to take me seriously and start your collection of small acts of power, start with your breath. Some of the highest, most refined practices of masters of yoga, masters of meditation, masters of qigong and tai chi. Those practices are about the breath. So start breathing. Start just being aware of your breath in your body. Breathing in, breathing out. Let your mind follow your breath. Let your mind drop from your head and from its extension out into cyberspace. Let it come back into your mind and then drop with your breath into your heart and into your lungs. Imagine you could follow one oxygen molecule all the way in its path through into the body, into the lungs, into the blood, to somewhere in the body, exchanged out there, and coming back again. Just breathe. The next small act of power would be to get up out of the chair or wherever it is that you engage with the technical world and stretch. See how your body works. There's no necessarily right way to do it. See if you can find a way to move the full range of motion of all of your joints and stretch the muscles between them. doesn't matter how you do it. It's your body. You can do whatever you want with it. Stretch. And then bring your stretching and your breathing together. These are all very small acts of power, and so far, nothing's even cost you any money. The next place to go with your body and small acts of power would be to take some time where it's just you and your body to stretch, to move, to breathe, just to do what feels right with that awareness deeply invested in your body. From that point, from that small act of power, you'll most likely be ready to move to the next, which would be to learn a form of some kind, yoga or tai chi, qigong. Pick a simple one. Pick one that's easy to learn and just practice that. At home, by yourself, in class, practice it daily for three years. It can be really simple. It can be five moves. Just learn it and do it. Let it teach you. You know, and ultimately... Each of these steps will become incorporated in your life and you'll be ready to make the next small act of power. Pick another form. Pick something more complex and ultimately you will need to bring in the focus so that your form that you're practicing allows you to reinforce and send your mental energy into the beauty of your cosmology, the way you think about the world. So your spiritual reality is reflected in your energetic reality, is reflected in your physical practice. And so these, these are all initially at least small acts of power that allow you to access the wisdom of the body. So 
I would round all of this off with a fourth set of small acts of power, which is simply gratitude and reciprocity. Again, these are all still free. These are all still small, but they all still add up to changing your life very powerfully. So what I've come to understand after 20 years of shamanism is that it is essential that you allow the flow of energy of, uh, allow the flow of the energy of your heart. I'm not saying you need to be in love with another person um, or your pets or whatever. I am saying that it is important that the energy of the heart is allowed to flow um, with the ease and the constancy of breathing in and out. So last week on the show, we talked about honoring the small sacred things and through our connection with the sacred in small things, allowing our gratitude and reciprocity for life to begin to cultivate, to begin to sort of breathe in and out in our life. Um, there's another archive show, show literally about gratitude and reciprocity and offering it. And I would suggest if you don't have any way, any small acts of power you can engage in in your life to allow your heart energy to move throughout your day in gratitude and reciprocity, then you listen to these past shows. That it is critically important that we notice what is going on in our life, that we express our gratitude and that we exchange energy in reciprocity for that which comes into our life and makes our life possible. And that we express out our true selves and our energy because it is that which gives things to others that makes their life possible. And I'm not saying that you do that in a way that is controlled or intentional. I'm saying that you let the energy of your heart flow. And in doing that, all things are made possible. It is critically important that your heart energy flows in and out of all that you do and all that you are because this is the energy that connects the spirit energy of your journeying with the mind energy that comes from turning over your stones, that awareness energy, and with the body energy of your practice, even if your practice is just breathing. It's the heart energy that flows through and unites them all and coordinates them all. So ultimately, that would be the set of small acts of power necessary to maintain yourself in a good way in the world. Now, for those of you who like this idea, who, those of you who like the idea that you don't need a grand transformational drama or a huge life diversion, I have some more small acts of power for you. There are, are other aspects of who we are that are places in which we can still act powerfully. But those that I've already mentioned are the basics, are the essential ones. But for those of you who kind of like this idea, the next set are small acts of power that allow you to discipline your mind. This is really pretty important since energy follows thought. And what that means is that your thoughts are patterning the energy of your life continuously, day and night. So, in other words, if you are retracting in fear, your life is retracting. 
And there's a lot going on right now that's causing people to retract in fear. So there you go. Your opportunities decrease. Your outlook on life diminishes. The energies coming to you are shut down by the very fact that you're retracting in fear. That's how energy works. So if you're feeling victimized by the times, then you are calling in opportunities to be further victimized. If you are raging at the perpetrators, that are create, then you are creating realities, quote unquote, that allow you to perpetrate against others. So my point is that you are co-creating your life at all times. There's no off button on that. It's always working. So you need to learn to work it. So you need to learn to run your mind or your mind will continue to run you. It is very, very powerful. And so what we need, and this is the arena where we don't need a big, you know, brain overhaul. We need to understand the small acts of power that allow us to begin to discipline the mind. And understand that I mean discipline in a Taoistic sense. I don't mean it in a righteous zealot sense. I mean it in a Taoistic sense, which is the disciplined mind is open, available, and ready for inspiration, for creativity, for imagination. It is the crazy, chaotic mind that isn't open. The cup is full already with the chaos. And so it is the disciplined mind that sets what is already in order, what has already been, what has already been done in order, so the space is open for something new to happen. And so the small acts of power that allow us to cultivate mental discipline begin with noticing. The first thing we need to do is begin to notice the voices in our head as voices, not as reality. So we need to learn to notice the voice of the judge, the voice of the controller, the voice of the critic, the voice that is righteous and positional, the voice of the rebel, the voice of the addict, the voice of the martyr, the voice of the liar. What we need ultimately to do after noticing them as voices, not as reality. And that is the big transition. That's 50% of the deal right there is to stop hearing these voices in our head as the voices that shape and define reality, but to recognize them as voices. Uh, in fact, you know, give them costumes, give them name tags, give them funny hats. I mean, they're all unique patterns of energy that have a particular um, way in which the judge expresses in your life and the controller expresses in your life and the addict expresses in his life and the martyr expresses in her life, that these are all shadows of archetypal energies. So the first thing to do is notice. The next thing to do is stop talking to them. They're a program. They're not negotiable. They're not creative. They're fear-based. They just keep saying the same dang thing over and over and over again, no matter what you do. So stop talking to them. But more importantly, stop listening to them. Stop the thought. They're all cycles. So you just stop the cycle of thought and reframe whatever it is they're talking about with your current state of reality, your current belief. So it's notice, name, stop, 
refrain. All small acts of power, but they will all help you to cultivate mental discipline. So notice, name, stop, refrain. There you go. Um, Another aspect here with these energies, these voices in our head, um, is that it would be great to get a cosmology that would transform these, allow you to transform these energies into their true archetypal energies. Um, But those aren't small acts of power, to be honest with you. And I do my best to be honest with you. These are big ones. These are big transformational processes. But they begin with the small act of power of noticing. Noticing these voices in your head and choosing to create a kind of mental discipline. Now, of course, you all know the heavy hitter for the small act of power that allows you to um, discipline the mind, which is meditation. I mean, for goodness sakes, people, John Kabat-Zinn and others have spent their entire lifetime making this a household word, word. So let's, you know, give them a hand and give them credit for what they've done. So obviously meditation um, is another aspect of cultivating the mind. Another piece, and this is a tricky one to say, but another small act of power is affirmations. Now, the problem with affirmations is they've been co-opted by those who would like to be able to just stick their affirmation in a crystal and call it good. And the art of making an affirmation begins, one, with clarifying your intention and not changing it. One sentence, again and again and again for three minutes a day or three minutes three times a day, however you want to do it, but set that intention and stick to it. The other aspect of affirmation is that you need to move out of the mind and into the heart and to really feel what it feels like when the affirmation is fully manifest and to live into it, to move your energy into it because the energy of the life will follow the energy of your vision and the vision needs to be full sensory overload, full body, full heart, full mind, full spirit, the whole deal. Then your affirmation will work. But just, you know, writing something a hundred times isn't going to do it. Okay. So at this point now, we have covered the small acts of power in the spirit realm, journeying, ordinary reality realm, talking about managing your energy with things like protection, boundaries, grounding. Um, We've talked about small acts of power for the heart, small acts of power for the body. And small acts of power for the mind. So finally, there is one small act of power that we can offer for non-ordinary reality. And that would be, this is relatively small, but to take 30 minutes a week just to be in non-ordinary reality. I mean, 30 minutes a week is not that much to ask. And I don't really care how you get there. But every adult needs one reliable, repeatable discipline or practice that allows them to enter into relationship with something bigger than who they are. allows you to enter into non-ordinary reality and by whatever name you call it, whether you're connecting with the source, whether you're connecting with the void, whether you're connecting with God, I don't care what you call it, but a reliable, repeatable discipline. A small act of power that allows you to say, for this 30 minutes, I will connect to this energy that is bigger than I am and just be there. 
So find a way to do that that suits you and your lifestyle, your religion, your culture, your whatever, and use it. Just use it 30 minutes a week, 10 minutes three times a week, one uh, session 30 minutes a week. I wouldn't break it up more than 10 minutes. But anyway, do that for 30 days. Truly, enter non-ordinary reality. Be in relationship with the big energy that's way bigger than you are. Distance yourself from this, from the drama of your life and the stories for that 30 minutes and get perspective. Do that for 30 days. See how that changes your life, your inner life, the quality of your experience inside of your own world. And if you do that, then you can get back to me and I'll let you know what the next step is. So what gives these small acts of power power? The same thing that gives your critic, your judge, your controller power. Repetition. I know that seems um, odd, but small acts done daily shift energy and form because energy follows your thoughts. When you focus and shift, the energy follows you. Now, to be honest, I didn't believe this either. Then my life happened. So there are two things in my life over the last 20 years, which is basically my shamanic life. There are two things that convinced me that your energy follows your thoughts. And the daily things, the small acts of power, are the ones that matter. So the first one that convinced me was I spent 20 years developing this four-year training we call the Cycle of Transformation Teachings. And it's beautiful. It's designed by spirit. It came in through my relationship with spirit. It is authentic, non-traditional shamanism that works. It transforms you to the person you have come here to be and gives you the skills to figure out what that is and go do it. It is a great body of work for four years. And in the first 20 years that it took to cultivate that, I allowed my students off the hook. I didn't know I was doing that, but I basically believed that people should be free to make their own choices. And I still believe people should be free to make their own choices. But what happened is that people did the fun stuff regularly, getting together, journeying, journey circles, ritual, ceremony, art, dancing, all of the really fun stuff that is part of this set of teachings. And they did not do the daily disciplines. And it's not that the daily disciplines aren't fun. They just didn't do them because they didn't want to. They didn't take the teachings as a complete set. And so what happened 20 years into it, as we were asked by spirit, by the community to grow this process up, the community and the teachings to what it was really meant to be, is people couldn't do it. That they didn't actually know the teachings. When asked to use them, they couldn't do it. And these are people that have been studying with me for 10 years. And talked all the time about, quote, unquote, doing the work and doing their personal work. But when it came right down to it, 
on the spot as we worked together in community and we needed to clear our energies to get them out of the way. We needed to clear our heart. We needed to get out of the way so that we could become the people we needed to be to do this thing Spirit was asking us to do. People couldn't do it. Not because they couldn't journey, not because they couldn't, they didn't have great relationships with Spirit, but because they weren't doing the daily work. They hadn't been receiving life's teachings for the last four years or hell, six years, eight years, ten years for some of these people. And so in many ways, while they gained um, understanding, ideas, imagination, awareness, sort of spiritually and mentally, there was a huge block between the mind and the heart and the body. And so the heart and the body were basically still back where these people had started. And this was really challenging for me to see because I believe so strongly in freedom and allowing people freedom of choice. And I had to really look at what does it mean for me as a teacher to be offering teachings and allow people the illusion that they're getting what I'm teaching if they're not actually practice the teachings and doing the work. So that was a big wake-up call because what brought things down where things fell down was not the big stuff, but the little stuff, the ability to show up, be present, honor your limits and boundaries, have boundaries, be grounded, clear what's in the way, notice that you're in the way and clear it. It was really um, humbling experience. And the second thing that I learned over that 20 years about the small stuff was um, a lesson I learned from my health. So um, in my mid-40s, I was doing my annual checkup, which always the information I got back was when what great health I was in because of all the right diet and the right life and the right livelihood and the right food and blah, 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 right? Okay. Nonetheless, my cholesterol had skyrocketed. Now, at that point, there was nothing to change. Since I was with a naturopath, um, they put me on a natural remedy. But basically, if that didn't work, we were going to pharmaceuticals because there wasn't anything else to change. Well, but there was. There was one small act of power I wasn't really doing. I wasn't doing my physical practice. I was working out daily, hard actually, swimming two miles a day. But I wasn't doing that daily practice of cultivating my energy. And man, once you cross over the line into your 40s, that really matters. And so the truth is, I wasn't actually honoring my own teachings. I wasn't doing the body piece. I wasn't doing the small acts of power of the physical for the body. And so at that point in time, I began uh, seriously to learn my Qigong practice, Qigong and Tai Chi. And I began to practice that every day, every single day. And in one year, because of course it's an annual checkup, one year later, we did the blood tests again and everything was back to normal. No high cholesterol, no anything. So these were things that taught me. That it's the little things that matter. It's the small daily acts of power that matter. Not that we don't need the big rituals and ceremonies. Not that we don't need the big healings and the soul retrieval once in a while. 
But all of that gets lost in the stagnation and suffocation of our life if we are not clearing all that morass of energy with our small daily acts of power. So, take a moment each day. Believe that what you do matters, even if for that day it's mattering invisibly. So take a moment each day, believe that what you do matters, and engage where things are real. Make a small act of power that allows you to engage in the real energies of life. Repeat. That's the path. That's the way to engage the small acts of power. Take a moment each day. Believe that what you do matters and engage where things are real. Make a small act of power and then do it again. Allow yourself the time through small powerful acts to connect to the sacred, to cultivate relationships with the essence energies that give your life meaning. Risk allowing yourself to love and give your body what it needs to carry you on this journey. You do not know what is ahead. None of us do. But you can trust that your life will become what you are cultivating right now. Choose well. Believe in your small acts of power. And tend to those acts every day. Thank you for listening today. I want to give thanks to the spirits that have joined us here today, the ancestors that have gathered round, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. And thank you all for being with us. Next week, um, we will have our first show that is being sponsored by the Society of Shamanic Practitioners. Our guest will be John Lockley. He is a white South African man born with the traditional sign of a Zulu shaman or Sangoma. He has been trained in that traditional path and will um, hopefully talk with us about what it is like to practice as a contemporary shaman. So join us next week for John Lockley. And this, again, will be um, the first of a series of Society of Shamanic Practitioner sponsored shows, which will largely be an ongoing series of interviews of um, contemporary shamanic practitioners. So I want to thank John for joining us next week and thank the Society of Shamanic Practitioners for their generous donation that makes um, a portion of these shows available to all of you out there who are listening. So you can find all of the shows that are archived at the whyshamanismnow.com website. You can also get the shows on iTunes. And for those of you that need an RS feed because you're Androids, um, we can make that happen too. We are in the process of putting it up on the site, but feel free to ask. Any questions can come here to Christina at lastmasscenter.org. And if you would like questions about upcoming trainings with um, me and Last Mass Center, there are things starting in October, um, things starting again in January and this summer. Uh, So please feel free to go to lastmasscenter.org and look at the calendar. Um, And you can also send us questions from there. So please remember to share this show with others. And if you find it meaningful, please feel free to donate as well. Thank you for listening today. And um, 
do not forget today is a perfect day to begin your small acts of power.